We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Connick, and we are in the middle, like literally the almost exact middle of draft season, of draft month here in April. And on the Pack-A-Day Podcast, that means that we are talking everything and anything NFL draft. And to do that, uh, this whole month, every Saturday, I am working with two of the smartest guys in the NFL draft scheme, especially when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and trying to unwrap the enigma uh, that's wrapped in a quandary that is Brian <laughs> And that's Paul Brettel and Mark Eckel. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Glad to be back on with you. I've learned my lesson that the first question I need to ask you guys is, how is the weather out there? What is it like? Well, I can say here in Green Bay, it's been beautiful this week, especially at the start. It was mid-70s. I'm sure Mark is just jealous about that. Uh, cooled off a little bit, but for April, can't complain whatsoever. No, that, I've been, that's been great here as well. Um, we found, I've, It's finally been beach weather, um, which, is, which is why I'm here. I mean, I, I moved here to – I live on the beach to go on the beach, and up until this week, I haven't gotten a lot of that. So it's 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 here. We're 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 enjoying the beach. Yeah, I got the uh, I got the dichotomy of of Detroit weather over the past seven days. Opening day at uh, Comerica on Thursday, last Thursday, looked like a 
Lambeau Field playoff game. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. I, I, I was watching that. I'm like, they got to stop this or something. Don't I, I mean, I, 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 I'm in downtown, so like, I, I, like the weather that's happening on the TV is like, what's at my window? And <laughs> I'm like, this is. Like this is insane. Like they're they are pl- like this is this is this is just the 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 like story. If you're gonna try to play baseball and softball in uh, in the Midwest, and then the past two days now it has been 75 and sunny and feels like we are literally in the middle of of summer. So who knows with uh, with the we were I mean talking about it last week is hopefully now the weather is finally broken and I can put all that stuff away because once the shorts come out for the season. That that's really where I draw the line. I don't like to go back and forth. Um, guys, we are talking about a couple more players. Last week, you got to break down a few of the guys at the cornerback position, a, a position that we we've all kind of agreed on. We the 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 group think is that cornerback is probably a, a pretty high position of need for the Packers in the immediate future. We're looking at a couple guys now at another defensive position. I think you could make the case here for edge rush that maybe not a position of need right now, especially restructuring Preston Smith's deal, Rashawn Gary coming into his own, but really more just like a a depth um, a depth kind of luxury pick at this point. As we we look at a couple guys in this in this position group here, guys, I want to just get your take first on how you view the edge rush position for the Green Bay Packers as we head into uh, as we head into the draft, Paul? Well, for 2021, as you said, they're fairly well set with the Smiths, uh, Rashawn Gary. Had Preston Smith been cut as many of us, including myself, I guess mm-hmm. I won't throw you two in there. I don't know exactly where you stand. I thought he was going to get traded. Okay. Oh, okay. Um with Preston Smith, if he would have been gone, this would have been a much bigger need. We know that in today's NFL, you need three edge rushers. I still think that the Packers could attack it because I just think Preston Smith is gone after this year unless he has some sort of super superman, superhuman performance this year. Just because his cap hits almost $20 million, Packers can save $12 million in cap space next year by moving on from him. And beyond the Smiths and Gary, you have Jonathan Garvin, who's someone that I like, but he's still a seventh-round pick and an unknown. Tipa Galea, another undrafted player, just unknown guys. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see the Green Bay Packers take an edge rusher position. I don't expect them to do so early on unless someone who they view as the exact right player falls there. But for 2021, they're set. But the draft, as we've talked about, is about building for the future. And as we look ahead to 2022, there is going to be an opening there for that third spot as well as added depth. And, of course, as we're all aware, there is no such thing as too many pass rushers. Yeah. Mark, what do you think about yeah, uh, I, Edge? Yeah. I agree. I mean, yeah, pass rushing, you know, getting after the quarterback and protecting the quarterback are, the, the you know, the two most important things other than the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, the, I would not be surprised at all if the Packers took a took an edge rusher and again, we we talked prior to, to to coming on about the way um, the Packers draft now, and they don't, you know, they they took AJ Dillon in the second round last year when they already had Aaron Jones and and Jamal Williams, and I was I was baffled by that pick when they made it. I was like, well, what are they doing? They have so many other needs. They're taking a running a, a third running back. They have two real good running backs, but they don't draft for the, the immediate year. They draft for the future, and. 
as you as you said, Paul, there's a very good chance of Preston. Again, who knows? A lot of us, like you said, didn't think he'd be here this year. So, but there's a you know a good chance that Preston Smith won't be here next year. Um, Garvin is an unknown, and like I said, a low round pick. And this is a pretty it's a pretty good class. It's a pretty I mean, there's guys that um, I think are a little overhyped, and I and they may go early. And my guys that I don't really like too much, I think they're still going to go. But there's enough of them that, again, I don't think 29. I don't think they'll take one at 29, although you never know. Um, but second round, third round, if if a guy with a lot of potential falls, yeah, I could see. The, I mean, again, it's not one of their. I wouldn't list it in the top five needs. I would put, you know, mm-hmm. obviously corner and tackle and defensive line and inside linebacker. All ahead of the, all ahead of edge, but it, again, like you know, it's it's just such a important position, and there are some good ones in this in this uh, class that it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, and I think we're looking at today. We're looking at three guys here that they sort of fit that that profile of what the Packers are probably targeting or looking for in edge rusher in in the sense of they don't need to come in and be starters right away. They don't need to come in and rely on them to take a decent amount of snaps right away. They can, they can basically try to redo what they did with Rashawn Gary and just bring him along slowly and work him into rotation. And hopefully in the couple next year or so he becomes one of those guys, the guys that we're talking about today, uh, like I said, all edge rushers, we're looking at Gregory Russo from Miami Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma and uh, Joe Tyrone from Washington. Um, let's start with Miami. Gregory Russo, 6'7", 265 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore, and this is going to be something that comes up in a couple of the guys that we've talked, what we've already talked about uh, with the cornerback position that came up, and it's going to be heavy today. Is the lack of tape or recent tape on a lot of these guys? Uh, Russo didn't play last year due to COVID, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, his freshman year in 2018 only played two games out of that after uh, breaking his ankle early on. So 2019 is really his his one year. It was a heck of a year uh, for Gregory. But um, let's I, let's start off by just talking about him because we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that lack of experience and the lack of, of tape for these guys. But just your first impressions of, uh, of what Russo kind of brings to the table, Mark. Well, to me, he's he might be the the ultimate boomer bus guy in this draft, mm-hmm. um, and I, and guys like that scare me. So I, I I'm not very high on him because of that. But I mean, somebody might take. He's probably going to go probably late first, early second, um, and he, he could turn out to be a a star. I mean, there there is some evidence of of him, you know, making plays and and he you know. I think he had like 19 tackles for a, for a loss the one year he played. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot a lot not to like about him too. Like you said, the the, the limited time, um, you know, I, I, it's funny we're, we're we're not talking about this guy, but I like his teammate. He's my favorite one in the draft, Phillips from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if a lot of his, you know, I I, I don't know. I just think this guy could be. Somebody could be very disappointed with him, or someone could could get a steal. I really think he's the of of the all the guys that we that 
we talk about that everybody's talking about on on the shows. He's the one guy I think is the has a high ceiling, but a very low floor. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, when I was <clears throat> getting ready for this, the one the one word that I wrote down to describe Rousseau was raw. There's that athleticism, that jump off the ball, and that's what he used a lot to win his pass rush reps. Uh, versus having a variety of moves to rely on. And that's that's typical, I think, coming out of college for a lot of edge rushers, especially once you get out of the top the top echelon of the group where they might not have that secondary move if they get stuck. But he's a raw player, and I think what Mark said is right on, hit the nail on the head. If you're taking him, you're taking him for the upside potential that's there. And that's the benefit that the Packers have. Uh, Dan, like you said, he he doesn't have to come in and be the guy right away. He doesn't even have to, you know, see the field more than 10 snaps a game if the Green Bay Packers don't want him to because they have a good core to rely on. So that would allow them to develop. In addition to playing outside, he also had uh, last season, 2019, over 100 snaps uh, inside as well. And we know the Green Bay Packers like having that ability. We see Zadarius do it. We see Rashawn Gary do it as well, move around. So he's he's absolutely a raw player. One thing I want to touch on, and I'm going to touch on this with each of the three players, is their relative athletic score. I know I did this last week, but when looking at who the Green Bay Packers gravitate towards, who Goody likes, he likes those elite athletes. And 22 of their 25 picks have measured 8.0 or higher on that table. So we're three years in. This isn't the be-all, end-all. It's not predicative of NFL success by any means. Russo scored 7.7, so close. Do with that information what you will, but I think we've seen a large enough sample size, especially at these type of positions, edge rusher, receiver, cornerback, where you want to have elite athletes, uh, that the Green Bay Packers really do gravitate towards that. So he is slightly below that 8.0 threshold that the Green Bay Packers, that tends to be the, the, the mark that the Green Bay Packers have gone off. So like I said, do with that information what you will, but he's a very raw player. And one question I had for you, Mark was because he did opt out. And I know you have those connections with scouts, NFL personnel. Have they talked about that? Not just for Russo, but in general as a worry this season, or is it one of those things where it just kind of is what it is? A lot of it. Well, it's, it's depends on the guy. I, you know, no one of the of the guys I talked to, no one was worried about Jamar Case taking a year off. I think they still think <laughs> one of the, if not the best player in the draft in the in the, in the top three. Um, but yeah, guys like Rousseau, guys like um, there's another one that we're going to talk about later. Um, the guys that are like I said, a borderline like a borderline first or second round pick. When he opted out, he might fall to the second now. Um, a borderline third or fourth round pick. If he, you know, if he didn't play, he might fall to the four, or even or even lower. Like what, like what, it, what, what a lot of them told me about were like, it's these guys that they have some, they have some film on them, right? So they they're they're watching some of the tape, and and they see some things like, all right, he was he he did this. I want to I wanted to see more because he looked okay in some games. Like maybe he there's there's room to get better, but then he didn't play last year, so. And again, no one's no one's criticizing any of the guys for for doing it. They did it for with just cause, obviously. Um, but they just wish they had more on the guy. So I think if you're from what again from the from the three main guys that I've talked to, I think their teams. If it comes down, if it's close between a guy who opted out versus a guy that didn't, and they're the same 
same position and they're 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 graded kind of equally, they may lean to take the lean toward taking the guy that didn't opt out only because they have more on him. So with a guy like like Russo, you guys you've all said talent the the athleticism is all there. I mean at six seven, that that's a that's a fairly. Uh, it's a fairly domineering kind of guy coming off of the edge. It, it, it's kind of it's a body profile that I don't think that we see a lot. Um, we haven't seen from the edge rushing uh, department for the Packers in a little while. Is there is there a point where you where the athleticism threshold kind of reaches a point where the boomer you kind of mentioned the boomer bust uh, side of things with like maybe his skill or his talent that you've seen. Is is there a threshold where the the just raw athleticism kind of crosses that plane where you sort of ignore that a little bit more, or you're you're more willing to take that boomer bust kind of risk? It, it depends on the team. There there are mm-hmm. teams like the Raiders, for instance, that that seem to love guys like that, and and they get burned sometimes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with the pack with the new Packer regime. It's hard to say. I don't know. We have we, we don't have a big sample size. Ted Thompson wouldn't take this guy out, right? Yeah. You guys agree? Ted Thompson was mm-hmm. pretty. It's pretty safe. Um, he'd reach a little bit, not especially not early. He he wouldn't reach for a guy like like this too early. I'm surprised what you said, Paul. I, I thought you were going to tell me this guy had like a 8.9 RAS. That's I I would have thought yeah. the same thing too. Honestly, I really did. Yeah, I mean, because he he just he's a he's a physical specimen up and down. Um. So I want to talk about uh, the next guy on our list here from Oklahoma, Ronnie Perkins, six foot three, two hundred forty-seven pounds, a uh, uh, straight-up junior. Um, really, almost kind of feels like uh, like not not a complete mirror opposite of, of Russo, but just a much. It seems like a much more tactical kind of kind of rusher. Does, doesn't doesn't necessarily rely on. Uh, like the overwhelming physicality like Russo does or his, or his athleticism. He's still an ex, he's, he's incredibly explosive, um, but maybe just doesn't have that overall just rawness with athleticism. Uh, how, what is uh, your first uh, blush at, uh, at Perkins, Paul? Well, what I like is that we saw him, his, his production increased every year. And I think that's always an important part because you want to get guys that hopefully haven't plateaued and they still have room for improvement. And that's what he's done. 2018, he had 243 uh, snaps, 18 pressures, six sacks. 2019, with 328 snaps, he had 31 pressures. So 13 more, five sacks, about the same amount. And then in 2020, he only took 176 snaps. Uh, shortened season, he missed some time as well but he still had 32 pressures and three sacks. So that's really encouraging from that standpoint. And I agree with what you said that he has this burst and off the snap, I felt like that's how he beat a lot of the offensive tackles that he was up against because once he was engaged, there really wasn't that, that secondary move. And as I mentioned with Rousseau, I think that for a lot of the middle, middle tier edge rushers or not the top echelon that that that's fairly common. And that's something that can be developed certainly But what really stood out is I'm going to go back to. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Relative athletic score, the Raz. 10 is elite, 0 is awful, 5 is average. Ronnie Perkins was 4.73. Wow. Uh, he really struggled, in, especially with the shuttle. His height and weight's below as well, but even his explosive drills, the uh, broad jump, vertical jump, 40 time, they were okay average uh, by, by these metrics. So I said before that uh, this is far from the be-all, end-all. But if we're looking at Gudikin's tendencies so far in this three-year sample size, which admittedly isn't huge, I just have a hard time believing that someone who tested poorly in these in these metrics is going to be on the Packers' radar, or at least not so early on. If he happened to fall further, maybe they'd take a swing. But I, I really think that that might take him out of contention from their point of view. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Mark, what do you think? I like. Well, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid to say what I what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> if your call told me you had a four point seven, that's like that's like telling me like I'm ready to take a kid into school. When I used to be an athletic director. I'm ready to take a kid into school, and you tell me he has a one point seven grade point average. <laughs> um, I like this. I like Ronnie Perkins a lot. He's one of I have. He's one of my favorite edge rushers in the draft. Phillips is, is the best, but I I think this guy's going to be. He's a football player, mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably. And I, for some reason, other than Clemson and South Carolina, who I see all the time down, down here, for some reason I watched a lot of Oklahoma last year. And they just I don't know they happened to be on when I was watching or the, t- the time of their games, whatever. I liked I like I like this kid a lot. He like I, he, he plays. He's a three year starter. So other unlike Rousseau, who like you said only has one year to watch, uh, he played started and played for three years. Um, 
he got better every year. Um, he's just a good. I think he's just a good football. Now again, he he might not test well. He, he don't put him on the track team, <laughs> but but he could be on my football team. I think he's a good. He was my. He's one of my sleepers in this draft. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to go first round, and I think somebody's going to get him and and wind up with a very good player. I like. I like Ronnie Perkins is is a guy. Like again, the the bad RAS aside, um, I, I just think he's a good football player. Yeah, I agree with you. I liked a lot about what I saw as well. And one thing that stood out too is uh, his run defense. I thought he held, yeah. held up really well there. And to confirm that, I went to Pro Football Focus, and I know their grades, they're not the be-all, end-all by any means, but I feel like looking at who performs really well and who performs really bad, you know, it, it helps you align with that. If more in the middle is where things can get jumbled. But in 2020, he was second among edge rushers in run defense, so that kind of helped verify he's, what he's I had seen. That's all, yeah, he's more than – he's. we're calling him an edge rusher, but he's really mm-hmm. – he's not just a guy that you line him up and, and, he, and he goes after the quarterback. He can do that, obviously. You saw, you know, his sack numbers aren't bad, but he's a complete player. That's what I'm saying. He's a football player. He can do a lot of good things for you. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if he fits. A, I guess he could play a three-four, right? Well, it doesn't matter. The Packers aren't, aren't taking him with that four-seven. But um, <laughs> he's. I just like. I think he's. And he can get bigger. I mean, what, what are you listening at? Like two, two forty-eight, two forty-two. Yeah, he's light. Yeah, yeah two forty-seven. But but they, like, he looks bigger, and and I think he can get bigger. He's you know. Um, I mean, he's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, he he looks he plays big. He 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 almost looks like a like he he could play. He, I guess at two two forty seven, you can't. But he almost looks like he could play down. He like he he could put his hand on the ground and 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 play inside for you know in a three four for you. But I don't know. I I just think he's a. I think somebody's going to get a good player. Maybe late second round. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I. I was going to say, just going back to the rest thing, like I said, initially, it's not predicative. I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Ronnie Perkins is no good by any means, but just going off what we know so far with Gutekinson, albeit it's a small sample size, that is something that I do pay attention to because that trend is developing. Who are the guys, let me ask you this, Paul, since you brought it, you said 22 of his 25 picks had eight, whatever, or higher? Yeah. Who were the three that didn't? Yeah, I wanted to know that too. Uh, The two... Two interior offensive linemen, Cole Madison, Jake Hansen, and then Jay Sternberger. Wow. Well, look yeah. at that. That's three guys they probably wish they hadn't taken. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Hansen yeah. Hansen's not, didn't make the team. Madison mm-hmm. had other problems, obviously. And, you know, he, right. had the thing that he had to hit the injury. But And then uh, Sternberger, who I love, has been kind of a disappointment so far. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. They're definitely not going to take anybody on if they're the three that weren't. I was hoping you might tell me, like, you know, it was Elton Jenkins and uh, – yeah. <laughs> No, unfortunately not. It hasn't been any of the stars. <laughs> right? If that's what works for them, they're, gonna, they're, not, they're not going to stray from, from that now. Let, let me ask you guys this question. It's, it's not really more of a Ronnie Perkins question, but it came up when I was, when I was looking at him. Um, he missed time, uh, I believe – it, it was it missed the bowl game last year. It missed a couple of games this year uh, due to a suspension for marijuana. Um, at this point of in 2021, I, I, you know, personal opinions aside, person, you know, the the view of the league. How much do suspensions like that 
for things like marijuana, which are becoming more and more kind of just accepted as, you know, almost as something that like kids, like any college kids are going to be getting into now. Does do, do things like that really raise the kind of red flags that they used to anymore for you guys or for scouts, Mark, that you talked to? No. I, well, it depends. I mean, yeah. I mean, at, weed's almost legal everywhere. I mean, it's going right. to be legal almost everywhere soon, right? I think South Carolina will we'll, we'll be the last state to legalize it. That's <laughs> uh, how we are down here. But, um, I mean, I, I can't think – I don't think that's going to drop his draft status. It's not – I mean, to me, like steroids drop mm-hmm. because that's, that's why you played well because you were juiced up. Um, you know, domestic issues, you know, you know, mm-hmm. arrested for doing, you know, violent crimes, yeah, that, that stuff you got to be careful of. Smoking, a college kid smoking weed, I, I don't, I mean, the guys I talk to don't seem to be a lot real bothered by that. The one guy who, who is the strictest on that kind of stuff says, it's not that he was smoking weed. We, we don't, you know, we're not, we could look past that, but it's, he got like, he, he's, don't do something like it was a stupid thing. Like, you know, right. You he got the whole, he can't do it, and he put himself in that position. Because yeah, right. it shows more of a lack of, you know. Awareness. Right. Awareness. Yeah. Like, you know, focus on what you're, you know, don't get, I, I hate to say it like this, but, like, don't get caught. Like, go ahead and smoke, like, just don't get caught, right. you know? Well, that, I mean, that's, like, that's that's sort of like the, the inside joke with the marijuana testing in the NFL nowadays is you know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. You know how long it takes to get out of your system. And guys that get caught now in the NFL, it's more of a kind of like what you said, like like a stupidity test of you, you knew all of these things going in, and yet you still, right. you know, you got caught. That was that That's the issue. So Nobody wants Ricky Williams again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, just, I wanted to just ask that because I, I – you know, I, I live in Michigan where it's legal now, and the, the, the obviously the, the the tide is of public opinion is kind of changing on it. And so, you know, when I read I, I read all these profiles that people write about it, and you know, something that always came up is well, potential potential red flags off the field issues. Da, 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 and I'm like, is like is that are we really referring to that as off field issues anymore? Like, do the people in charge making decisions evaluating these guys really refer to those as as off fields? issues anymore when it comes to when it comes to things like marijuana um i think the nfl has to take the next step and yeah and stop even testing for 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 weed i mean it's just i mean the nba doesn't right i mean if thank god if they did there'd be like 12 players <laughs> in the league <laughs> so i mean you know i know but i think the nfl has to come around and say all right we're just not gonna you know we're not gonna we're not encouraging players to smoke but we're not going to test anymore for that. We'll, we'll still test for, for steroids and, you know, hard drugs and stuff, but we're going to let, I, I think it's coming to that sooner or later. But yeah. if, if 48 states legalize it, then, you know, are you going to test for alcohol? Right. I mean, no, they don't, they don't do that, right? So why Right. Why test for, for marijuana? Makes sense. And so, uh, so before we become the Joe Rogan podcast and start talking about, uh, <laughs> we, I mean, we could do a whole deep dive into it if we wanted to. Um, our last guy here that we want to talk about uh, in the edge rushing group for today, out of Washington, um, Joe Tyrone, 6'5", 262 pounds. He's a registered junior. And another guy, like I said, in this group, opted out last year uh, due to COVID. Kind of seems out of all, out of all three – 
um, maybe the most uh, most of a, a actual project because Russo is that boomer bust has the pure athleticism. You just need to kind of like focus that energy. Perkins seems like kind of the the most well-rounded out of all of them. If you had to pick the three that was the safest bet, it's probably him. Tyrone, he kind of feels like has has all of this potential. You just have to find a way to unlock it. And so for when I look at a player like that, it kind of feels like that's my biggest question mark is because if I can't just find that key to unlock him into and take that ability and translate it to the next level, it's 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 hard for me. Um, so Mark, what do you what's your opinion on on uh, on Joe Tyrone? He looks the part. I mean, mm-hmm. if you see him, mm-hmm. he looks like if you don't know the and he. I mean, he looks like the best player on the team. If you if if, if you just look at the team picture and say, "Who's the best guy?" Oh, it's got to be that guy. Right? Look at him. He looks like a, <laughs> an honest. I mean, really, no, he looks the part. Um, I think it's, I think it's a, he's a guy. Like, but Paul asked me earlier about the guys that opted out. He's a guy. If he didn't opt out, and again, not I'm not suggesting anyone shouldn't have opted out, but he, if if he would have played last year and had another good year. He's a guy that would probably be a first-round pick. I mean, he, he had a good year the year prior. Um, I mean, he you know, if he would have put up another double-digit sack total last year and with the way he looks, and he, he would have been we, – we, we'd be talking a lot about him, but he didn't. So I think that's that's going to – people scouts do hold that. Now, again, I don't want to say they hold it against him, but it, it hurts his draft stock because he didn't play last year. There's, there's not a lot to look at. Yeah, from I I 100% agree. And Mark, the RAS score backs it up 9.68. Wow. So put him on the board. So put him so, so he'll be put him down <laughs> at 29 right now. <laughs> I agree. There's, trade back. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's that buzzword this time of the year upside. Uh-huh. He certainly uh-huh. has it with the athleticism, the one year production, but there is still that that unknown because it is such a small sample size. He also dropped into coverage 51 times, none at cornerback, so they'll still have to fill that role when Preston Smith leaves. Um, no, no laughs? Okay. <laughs> uh, it just become, it, it's become the normal now. There's no, it's, I'm dead inside by it now. <laughs> but I was flipping through uh, Pro Football Focus's draft guide, and the very first sentence when describing Joe just really stuck with me, and it 100% made me a big fan of his. They wrote – Chooses violence on every play. Down in, down out. He is looking to destroy, blow up, wreck that play. And I absolutely love that mentality. It's what I absolutely love about, on the other side of the ball, offensive tackle, Tevin Jenkins. He brings that same tenacity to the whistle. So you got a guy who's going to play that hard, bring that energy every down, down in, down out, has the athleticism, has the upside. He's certainly someone that... I, I would be a fan of the Green Bay Packers picking, not early on, just because of positional need. He's not ready to play, but they, as we've talked about, they have that luxury to bring him along slowly and develop him into what hopefully could become a, a big contributor, whether that be next year, two years, uh, and moving forward. And he's a guy you could move around to a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he's big enough that you he, you could put his hand on the ground a little bit, like they do with with, with Zadarius and, and and Gary now. Sometimes, I mean, he's. He's not your classic, you know, outside linebacker in a three-four. Mm-hmm. He can—he's can, a big, strong guy. 
Let, let me ask you this then, because Paul, you mentioned his his coverage ability, and that was something you know that that I read a lot about. People saying he's very versatile, can play pretty much any any set you ask him to, no matter where you know what you ask him to do, he's going to be able to do it. And coverage was the big one, and I think that that's you know you you make the joke about Preston Smith, but like coverage linebacker in general has been kind of a a hot button issue over the past several seasons. Like the Packers have just never. I can't even remember the last time that I can think of of having a linebacker that you can trust to kind of put into coverage, or, or you can say I I feel comfortable kind of kind of putting him here. Um, does he sort of maybe translate more to playing a an outside linebacker, inside linebacker role more than uh, like pure edge rusher in the Packers system? With that, would you would you agree with that? Uh, for me, I still think he's primarily edge rusher. Obviously, yeah. it's nice to have that uh, that ability. You know, if the running back tight end sneaks out into the flats or those shallow routes, someone mm-hmm. who can at least, you know, just hold take, their own. take those steps back, go into the flat and hold their own, I think is is valuable, especially in today's NFL. And I, 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 I'm not as familiar with him enough to know that maybe that could be in the future, but just based on what I've seen, what uh, – I know of him. I think that it's, he'd still primarily be more of a get after the quarterback type of player. Yeah. I just, I like when I hear that, I instantly start thinking about, well, like those, those sets where they, when they started giving Rashawn Gary more looks and it ended up being Gary and Smith on the edge. And then Zadarius kind of fell into that center role. And it's almost like they, they've tried to do that a couple times now where they had, they have Zadarius and they had, they had Clay Matthews near the end of his career start kind of filling that role where it's a guy that is, you know, usually edge rusher has the ability to rush the passer as a pure passer, pass rusher. And then you put him in the middle, and now if you have a guy with a coverage ability, not that you drop him back, you know, into 10 yards to cover like the middle of a, like a, a Tampa three or something like that, um, but like uh, that just kind of like, like what you said, Paul, that ability to just kind of like, it gives him that duality of if he plays in the middle, like imagine like the Smith brothers and him in the middle and kind of play that, uh, that role where it just gives you, like, like you said, it just kind of gives you that, that extra thing that a a quarterback and offensive line has to think about seeing him in the middle there where they know that even if he, like if Zadarius is in the middle, I don't know if anyone's really worried about him falling back into coverage as much. Um, But if like, but if, if Joe Tyrone is here, I don't know. I, I just I, I wondered I wondered just like uh, you know in my head like how that kind of how that plays out. Um, but so out of all three of these guys well, here, on on now, Mark, yeah. what you were saying, it seems to me like football on 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 the well both sides of the ball in a sense. But we're getting it's it's almost like basketball where you're you're getting away from quote unquote positions and mm-hmm. football like put eleven players on the field that are good football players, and we'll figure out – you don't have to call them an inside linebacker or linebacker. Right. Or just put 11 good players out there, and they'll figure it out. Like, obviously, you need corners to cover receivers and stuff like that. But, I mean, like you said, if if, if it's third and eight, and, you know, the team it's, – it's, it's a passing down, I want as many pass rush – as many guys that can get to the quarterback or cover receivers out there as possible. So, I mean, yeah, you're just – you know, look what the Packers do now and, and – um, it looks like they're probably even going to do it more. 
like went to big safety. Like now all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that, that, like there's a new position that's like a the safety slash linebacker. You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's a the defenses are evolving to where it's not. You know, when you're at you're a defensive end, you're a three technique, you're a nose, you're a five technique, you're an inside linebacker, you're in a no. It's becoming just like just play football, <laughs> just go out there and tackle guys and hit and hit hit the quarterback and stuff like that. That uh, Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa from Notre Dame, the linebacker, yeah. inside linebacker, like he's the prime example of that free safety linebacker. He covers in the slot. He's kind of that positionless mold that you just put in the middle of the field, let his speed and athleticism do just take over and let him play ball. Kid from Tulsa too. Yep, Collins. Yep, Collins. absolutely. Everybody says, he's, he's huge though. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I remember like or I'm I'm running about linebackers next week, and I I asked one of the scouts, I'm like, well, you know, what do you what do you think he is? And he went, and he, his answer was, I think he's a good football player. You just put him on, you put him on the field, and let him play football. I don't care if you put him a safety linebacker, outside, mm-hmm. inside, where just I want him on the field. He's a good player. But it's kind of it, it fits the the trend though because think about how uh, Matt Lafleur has kind of set up this offense. Mm-hmm. What, the the mm-hmm. kind of, the, the buzzword has been don't think about weapons or don't don't think about wide receivers or running backs or tight ends. Think about weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, I want guys that can go out there and do multiple things. They can play in multiple sets. They can do different things in those sets. I want guys that can just catch the ball and be good in an offense. I don't care about them if, you know, I don't that, – that, that's why I think people don't really understand or, or don't really like to kind of acknowledge when it comes to the Packers. They don't need to just get a wide receiver because they don't have a wide receiver. They have plenty of weapons. You, you just need guys that can fill those roles, and it's the same with exactly what you guys are talking about. On the defense now, you you need guys that can cover, you know, uh, the, the new Rob Gronkowski-type linebackers and also be able to cover, you know, uh, Tariq Hill kind of guys. There's just, there's so much complexity now in, in the NFL that it, it, it moves away from these position groups as being the end all be all. And, and of course it just is going to add to, you know, add to the confusion of pro bowls and contracts and how do we, how do we pay guys and stuff like that. But it's, it's a fun, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to see the NFL kind of, uh, kind of grow like this you know it, it's it's a new it's a new game than what it was just 15 mm-hmm. years ago even oh, now yeah yeah all right um so out of these three guys here I just uh, real quick just to kind of recap like who's who's the favorite out of here where, where do you think if if you had to put a, a a wager on one of these guys ending up with the Packers not necessarily 29 because we kind of we mentioned that it doesn't seem like the board it would be it would be very It'd be a very interesting 28 picks for 29 to fall, and this be one of the picks, I feel like. Um, but if, if you had to put a guy that maybe would not necessarily end up with the Packers, let's say have the most success in the Packers system this coming year, who would uh, who would you kind of put your money on? Uh, long term, I'd probably pick uh, Tryon. The athleticism, the, the upside that's there, the flexibility that he brings to – as we talked about, if he has to drop, you know, into coverage a little, but coming off the edge, play either side, potentially move him inside. I think that just that all around, you know, fits not only the Packers, but really what you're looking for in today's NFL. And he brings that basically that upside, like I just said, and that's really what you're shooting for at this position because you don't need that day one starter. So you're going to 
in those middle rounds go with the guy who's going to potentially in the long run give you more of that boost. Mark? Yeah, I agree. He, he Especially after Paul said he had the nine-point whatever RAS. I mean, that we know that. The Packers, I mean, that, that was a great thing that Paul brought up, that, you know, they 23 or 20, 22 out of 25 and the three that weren't, you know. Uh, so he would be – he and he makes sense for him. Like, um, he can do a lot of things. His versatility, like you said, you mentioned, maybe he can play that inside role a little bit and just get on the field and, and play, get after the quarterback, stop the run. Do him. He can do a lot of things. Um, I don't see Rousseau because, again, I don't think the Packers are a boom and bust kind of team. Um, and, hell, I like Perkins until Paul burst that bubble. All the Perkins party pooper. Yep. <laughs> So those are our three draft profiles for this week, guys. Um, like I said, every time tomorrow will be the crew will be breaking down even more of these guys. I said this last week mistakenly, uh, but next week we are going to be breaking down the tight end group as a whole next Saturday, um, a group that I think will be interesting to talk about, especially when it comes to the Packers. And as we kind of we hinted at about uh, the weapons that Matt LaFleur loves to use, and the tight end group is one of those those ones, uh, and it's it's a group that uh, that uh, there'll be some question marks for the Packers when it comes draft time. So we'll be talking about that next week, next Saturday, here on the Packaday Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing, uh, like, rate, review, all of that great stuff for the podcast. It helps us out tremendously. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast. And I, I haven't actually said this before, but you really should, if you are a fan of the Packaday Podcast audio version, Make sure you're going over to YouTube to subscribe on YouTube because Andy Herman has been doing a tremendous job with a Pack-A-Day podcast YouTube series. It, it, basically a completely separate entity in the same in the same name of in the same uh, style of Pack-A-Day podcast. He's been doing an absolutely great job with it, so make sure you check that out as well. Uh, all three of us are on Twitter. We're doing stuff. Uh, gentlemen, do you want to let people know where they can find you and anything you want to uh, promote this week, Paul? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettle. Uh, two of the uh, my more favorite articles that I knocked out this last week were I gave my 10 thoughts on the offseason so far for the Packers, just kind of a, a brain dump of everything that's taken place and my take on it. And then from 11 to number one, I ranked my positions in need heading into the draft. Number one, offensive tackle. Number 11, quarterback. There's, there's your teaser, right? I'm sure those are surprising. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Uh, you? You can find me on Twitter, Mark Eckel zero eight. Um, my draft series for, for um, Packer Report uh, continues. I'm, I'm just like Pack a Day. We're, we're doing nothing but but draft stuff right up until the draft. Um, up on the site right now are uh, the offensive line, basically one story on the tackles, and then uh, one that just just ran is up on uh, the guards and centers. And I'll, start, I'll I'll delve into the defense beginning next week uh, with the guys we just talked about, edge rushers and defensive linemen. Perfect. And uh, I'm on Twitter as well, at DK all the way, if you want to follow me over there. Um, not much really going on outside of uh, here on the Pack-A-Day podcast, uh, doing a, a weekly series that will wrap up the week of the draft on uh, on Game on Wisconsin's YouTube channel every Tuesday at 6.30 Central Draft Day. Um, had a had a fun one this past week doing chocolate with uh, the Open Book Crew from Game On Wisconsin. Just uh, a fun little series that's over there on YouTube and all of the social media for Game On Wisconsin. If you want to check that out, 
as well. So, uh, gentlemen, until next week, we're going to be breaking out tight ends next Saturday. But until then, hopefully the weather stays exactly how it is right now until next time we talk. Um, but until then, guys, go back up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.